Hey, welcome to the show. I think, right off the top, I think, therefore I am. I don't know who said that, but it's some literary thing. So, I think, like Leonard Lawrence said in the movie Full Metal Jacket, Leonard Lawrence was the one that the journal instructor nicknamed Pyle. When he was in the head, which for you civilians is the bathroom, and he was sitting on the toilet, dressed in his underwear and T-shirt. So this is like the middle of the night. And the fire watch walks in. Fire watch is the guy that guards the barracks and guards the recruits while it's nighttime. So anyways, there he sits. The one known as Private Pyle. And his friend asks him what's going on. Anyway, what it comes down to is this. <laughs> when... The guy on Firewatch says, if you don't give up on this, if Hartman, who's the drill instructor, comes in here, you're going to be in a world of shit. And Pyle turns around and says, with this look on his face, I am in a world of shit. That pretty much sums up where we're at today, I think. <laughs> I hate to tell you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I won't lie to you. Things don't look too good. <laughs> Not from, uh, you know, a, well, a secular standpoint or a biblical standpoint, whichever way you want to look at it, things don't look so good. So, you know, what are we going to do about it? There's not a whole much we can do about it in a way because the politicians are the politicians and they're going to do what they're going to do regardless, obviously, of what we think and feel because of where they're going with this agenda of theirs and where they're at with it already. You know, where they're at shows us that they're definitely going through with it. So, <laughs> you know, and no matter how much we squawk and, uh, you know, want something different, they don't hear us. So that's the bottom line. So in the infamous words, Private Pryle, I leave you with, I am in a world of shit. You know, just real quick while I'm still talking to you. I hope you had a good weekend so far. I had a good one myself. So far, so good. Today's Sunday. I'm actually um, doing the show earlier than usual because I uh, bring in the computer to Best Buy tomorrow, and they're going to do some work on it. So the guy... Oh, come on. He named his rifle Charlene, too, just for the record. <laughs> Where's his name? I'm looking for his name. Come on. Give me his name. I want his name. This guy who portrays this role in Full Metal Jacket, um, he's also in... Uh, oh, what's the name of that show? Law and Order Criminal Content. It's Vincent D. Onofrio. Vincent D. Onofrio. Anyways, he's the guy that played the role. And it's so interesting. So interesting. He said when he did that movie, of course, Stanley Kubrick was the director. Stanley Kubrick has a real, uh, you know, unique uniqueness to him when it comes to directing movies. A lot like... A lot of them do. John Ford was the same way. But I think John Ford gave you a little bit more 
input. In other words, if you didn't do it right, he kind of would eventually at some point in time lead you in a certain direction. Um, I can't think of the other director's name. This is something. Stanley Kubrick does not do that at all. And so the actor who por portrayed Pyle and several of the others said it, it was just a case of do it again, do it again, do it again until it, he was satisfied. And you might do 100 do it agains and then, okay, we'll work on it again tomorrow kind of thing. But anyways, so much for your history trivial lesson. Welcome to the show. My name's Mike. The show is Let's Talk All About Religion and Politics. And quite honestly, we got to talk about it because if we're not talking about it, then we're not warning our fellow, you know, human beings, citizens, whatever you want to call them, of the impending doom and disaster that's about to hit this world like nothing anybody has ever seen or imagined in their whole life. I know, man, I'm not giving credence to it, but I'm just telling you something that I remember hearing so many years ago. Um, and it stuck with me, one of those kinds of things. So maybe there's something that I need to know or learn. So I stayed with it. Anyway, he um, had an out-of-body experience, and he went out into the cosmos. And um, when he was trying to find his way back to beings, as he called them, he didn't say they were angels. He just said they were two beings were going to accompany him back to his quote-unquote body. And they told him, before you do this, we're going to show you something. And they showed him a world or a place where literally it was just chaotic, havoc, destruction, civil war. Now, this man done two tours in Vietnam. He was a former Marine and in the infantry and... He said what he saw was beyond anything he could have ever imagined, that being said, with two tours of Nam under his belt. And the two beings said, when he asked where this place was, they said, that's your, that's your, your, your world in the not-too-distant future. Apparently, it really had an effect on him because over time, as time went on, he kind of lost it. I guess you could say he went off the deep end because he was told that. And he became paranoid. And that's something you got to guard yourself against. You don't want to become paranoid when you see things or hear about things that are happening. Don't do that. Paranoid comes from the evil one. Understanding and wisdom, when you learn the truth, comes from God. And so that's that. So anyways, the first scripture today is Matthew 24. Oh, forgot to tell you the name of the show. The name of the show is dun, 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 When We All Get There. When We All Get There. Oh, when the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder. I'm going to be there. Amen. Matthew 24. So this is part of the discourse, I guess you could say, or the answer to the question. There's also another one, the answer in Luke, but this one's from Matthew, and Jesus was asked when, you know, when and how will we know that these things have mean your second coming or whatever. And so he, he told them what he said, and then one of the things he said was this, Matthew 24, 14, 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So it's interesting because when he lists off or reads off this <laughs> this litany list of, you know, all kinds of destruction and mayhem and so forth, he says, but that's not the end. Oh, great. <laughs> you know, so it's going to get worse or what? Anyway, he says that's, that's not the end. He says, look up, you know, these things must happen. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. In this case, he says, and then the end will come. It's interesting. It's all about the gospel. The word gospel means, of course, good news. So to read it, and this good news of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. That means every living soul across this entire planet, right? And it'll be a testimony to all nations. And then he goes on to end, and then the end will come. It's interesting when you break scripture down and you, you can compare it to other scriptures. That's why in your King James Study Bible, there's those columns usually in the center that tell you the, um, blah, what do you call it? Blah, 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 blah. Corresponding scripture, could be Old Testament, might be New Testament, then there might be several of them. And then, of course, you have the notes in the bottom, which are very, very instructive. Both sides of that are very instructive. Mike Heiser once said, you know, he says, all those columns in the center and the notes on the bottom, I took to heart and I did everything they said to do. If they said go to four other different books and read this, that, and the other thing because it pertained to this scripture, I did it. And then a lot of times, if it told me something about the situation and whatnot and the notes on the bottom, I looked that up too. And he continued with kind of sad news that, you know, they go through the time and effort of giving, giving people cross-references and notes and so forth, and nine out of ten people don't even bother looking up one book, let alone all of them. So, and it's true. It's so true. I mean, you... you if you want to understand or you want to, you know, be able to validate the, the continuous relation throughout the entire book, Genesis to Revelation, you got to look at those notes and, and go look. Then it just, you know, it edifies in you as a believer that, wow, you know, here it is. And a lot of times you might, because I always read before and after the scripture you're looking for, you know, because you want to get context. You want to get an idea of what's going on here. You don't want to do like a lot of people do, unfortunately, preachers and people that produce TV shows and radio shows about this stuff. They just take one single thing and then they tear it to pieces in every direction except the right one. Ah, so anyway, from Michael Heiser, Dr. Michael Heiser, as you know, I said I um, met him. He's a tremendously humble man, as, as intelligent as he was. But, you know, he says, he said at this um, conference I went to to meet him and see him and so forth, he was promoting his latest book, The Unseen Realm, which I re highly recommend. And he, he reiterated what I was saying before about the notes and the, and the cross-reference in the scriptures. He says, that's what I did. And so I think the Lord told me, and this is why he does what he does, 
um, is to reveal that information. You know, so if you're not inclined to look up the notes and the cross-references, no sweat, Mike Heiser did it for you. <laughs> so anyways, he said this, we have to stop trying to make God love us or to keep God liking us. He already did that, an explanation point. He already loves us, and he already likes us. He had that disposition before we were ever cared or created. We do good works to imitate Jesus, the loyal son of Hebrews 5. We try to be loyal sons too. It's a gratitude motivation. We're not working for any other reason. We do work to imitate Jesus. That's why we should do it, to be grateful. And Jesus says to the 12 before he left, you'll do works like this plus more. And I think what he meant by plus more was no greater miracles, you know, but you'll have more time. You know, of course, because he only... Um, that we know of, the last three years of his life was spent proclaiming the gospel and healing and, and raising the dead and so forth and so on. So he's telling them, you'll have more time. So let's keep moving. This first headline, the real big guy. A big guy, you talking about me? You think you're a tough guy? You want to go behind the bar and like maybe figure it out? Nah. <laughs> Anyways, the real big guy, and it's always been, just so there's no questions, because to be honest, it, people, it's so daggone obvious. You would have to be a completely delusionalized, idiotic moron or a Democrat not to understand what's going down, what went down and what's going down. You'd have to be totally naive to understand and all the above naive this delusional a moron or again a democrat not to understand here this is so sad not to understand our country's been sold out that is sad i i boy uh. this great nation of ours. So, again, you see, the, 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 the plan, I'll say, I'll call it the plan, you have to understand was the plan all along. Biden becoming president served the exact purpose of what they wanted to accomplish. Now, that sounds... Okay, well, what did they want to accomplish? Well, the destruction of the economy, which they've accomplished, it just haven't, you know, there's cracks all over it. It just hasn't, the dam just hasn't busted yet. But it's leaking, trust me when I tell you. He sold our country out. We're the laughing stock of the world time and time again. Over and over, this buffoon opens his mouth or falls up a, a flight of stairs like, you know, come on, Joe. So there's all these things. But you know what he's mostly 
being there for, what his purpose of being there for. I'll tell you right now, he's former President Barack Obama's youthful idiot. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, he is. Uh-huh. Listen. The answer to every question about who committed the crimes, who sold out our country, who the mastermind is, the answer is always the same. And believe me, it's out in the open. You can't deny, you know what? Here's the thing. God uses his word to condemn the wicked, the non-believer, right? You're condemned by the word of God and, the, and your own words, right? So the evidence is plain to see. You'll have no excuse when you stand before God. Right now, folks, the Lord God, whether or not we can change things, is a different matter. You know, I briefly talked. Anyways, but the thing is that here it is. He's showing us what happened and when and who did it. And <laughs> on the other side of the coin, when something didn't happen or it wasn't done and nobody is guilty of it. I'll just say one word, Trump. Anyway, <sighs> so... We're being shown, God is revealing to us not only his sacred and holy word in scripture, but he's also revealing to us the evil that men do, specifically our government, starting with Joe Biden. Hang on a minute. Cat wants in. Come on, Jimmy. All right. So... Apparently, he wants us to know these things, just like he wants us to know his word. And he wants us to know these things so that maybe, <laughs> when you think about it, it's so, to, it's so that we don't think we're some kind of a quack. You know, I used to think that sometimes. You know, knowing what I knew so many years ago, long before it really started to, you know, build any steam, there were several times I thought, maybe I'm just thinking it myself and it's not real. That comes. You know, that can happen. You just got to stay the course. But here's the point. This information is not only giving us the real world's position, but by knowing the word of God, we also can understand how this fits into the book of Revelations and other prophecies from the Old Testament and the very words of the Lord God himself through his son Jesus. We see the, 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 we see it, you know, like a dawning, right? Oh my gosh, look at this, you know? And so it's all out in the open now. Nothing's being hid, right? Jesus says that. I'm not sure he says that about this sort of thing, but he does say, you know, nothing, nothing will be left unsaid or in the dark. Everything will be open and revealed. I'm sure he meant more in line with his word and so forth like that, but it's a good concept for this here. <laughs> Anyways, we can see without any question, Biden really, quite honestly, is the most corrupt human to ever sit in the White House. I think he's worse than Nixon. I'm not even sure you could compare Nixon to Biden. I mean, they were two different, well, were they two different crimes? 
Ask yourself that. So Nixon was charged with, and it cost him the presidency. He resigned. All right? He resigned because he was, and this he was, truthfully, involved in a manner with the Watergate break-in. Not the event, but afterwards. This guy here, oh my gosh, we haven't even finished the list of you know, laws he broke. So it's believed, here's the thing, it is believed that he stole tens of millions of dollars as vice president. Tens of millions. You know, you wonder to yourself, how do these guys have such a nice lifestyle after they leave office? I mean, when you look at the numbers, quote unquote, it doesn't add up. Yeah. So talk about saving for your retirement. Oh, and then, of course, you know, he exhorted, extorted and accepted money from companies and and not just companies and countries around the globe. Oh, wait a minute. Countries. What do you mean countries? Well, (laughs) countries. Now, the thing is, the connection is his son, Hunter. He was the bad man. Joe was the big guy, quote unquote, who got a large piece of every dirty deal, of course, because he's the big guy. You see, he got more than Hunter did because Hunter's only the bag man. I'll explain that in a minute. So every bribe, and then, like Al Capone, he cheated on his taxes. So here we got the bag man. So in, you know, criminal law terms or whatever, mafia stuff, or even drug dealers, to be honest with you. Anyways, the bag man is the guy or girl who's carrying the product. They're delivering the product. It could be anything, all right? And, you know, so, and Joe being referred to as the big guy, you know, so he's headed a family, and that's where, you know, it all goes up. If you've ever watched The Sopranos or the movie The Godfather, I would rather you watch that if you're going to watch one of the two. The Sopranos has a lot of sexual innuendos and language where the godfather not so much and you still learn how those how that business ran the families you know so allegedly biden hid this money so you know people send money offshore he hid it in 20 shell companies and in offshore bank accounts and really well Truth be told, paid little or no taxes on all of the money. All of it. This guy, I'm telling you, the more I learn about his operation and how he's doing it. Because, it, it, I mean, we got whistleblowers coming out of the FBI. You know, they're, they're, they're running to testify. Okay? And you got those from the IRS. Same thing. Something happened. And they decided, you know what? I'm going to tell these people what I know. And the Democrats, they're freaking out. They're in total freak out. Because truth be told, the evidence is indisputable. The problem is, if there's a problem, is McCarthy and McConnell aren't moving quick enough. But uh, that's a different whatever.
So you see, Biden, in fact, folks, believe me when I tell you, I come from the sort of family I've spoken of, and I've, I've known about him, right? So Biden, he makes Al Capone and the Gambino crime family look like a bunch of amateur pickpockets. I mean to tell you, this is, this is really, I'm, I'm laughing because I know how it works. But anyways, and I'm just having some memories. So let's just keep moving and not get into that. So, <clears throat> you know, bottom line, they're a crime family. And we, the people, have paid for their crimes. Yeah. They're not only raking in bazillions of dollars, right? But we're the ones that are paying the price, as in crooked government and everything else, you know, because they own the DOJ and the FBI and the IRS, and he keeps giving them money and doing them favors, so they keep, the you know, towing the line on his behalf. Folks, that's not how this is supposed to work. That's not how our founding fathers formed the government. It was for we the people, and all the people have equal rights, and all the people have an equal chance to a fair trial or fair treatment, on and on and on and on and on. I don't see any of that here. Not even close. But here the problem is, <laughs> you might even be missing the real story. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, what's the story? So there was a commercial. I don't remember if it was Channel 9 out of New York City or Channel 11. But there was this commercial. And the guy would go, and there's a guy standing there on the screen. You know, you see him. I think he had a picture of the store behind him, or he might have been standing at the store. I think a lot of times he was at the store. But either way, so this was a kooky commercial. Hey, Jerry, what's the story? If you work for the federal government or the local government or you belong to a teamsters union, and what he went on to say was you can get these discounts at his crazy Eddie stores, you know, because his prices are insane. Yeah. You see, it's, it's that kind of thing. We missed the story initially, and I did too, because... They filled our life with fluff, like, you know, Jerry commercials and TV shows and stuff like that, that have no, they got no plot. They got no, you're just kind of watching it. Kind of like my kids when I, you know, they were watching Ren and Stimpy back in the day. And I'm watching a part of it. And I'm going, this just doesn't make any sense. And they says, Dad, it's not supposed to. That's the best part of it. You just kind of watch it. So for some reason, I decided to put myself in that frame of mind. And when the kids weren't home, I watched the show. Not because they weren't home, but I just happened to do it when they weren't home. And I became <laughs> number one Ren and Snippy fan. Anyway, they fill our life with junk. Gong show garbage. And it was done so that we didn't see what they've done in the past. And they're doing it now so they can continue into the future. You got to know one question stands out above all since I mentioned Obama earlier. What did he know and when did he know it? <laughs> that, my friends, is a $64,000 question. We might not ever know that one. But here's the thing Obama was president when all this went on. Keep that in mind. Obama was in charge 
when Biden was robbing us blind. Folks, Obama oversaw all this crime, corruption, extortion, and tax fraud. He was the big guy. He was president. And when his vice president's son ran around the world on a one-man crime and sex spree, Hunter Biden acted like he represented the, the United States government while snorting coke and smoking crack and hanging out with prostitutes and whores. He had sex with God knows how many women, illicit, I mean, <laughs> you'd have to rent movies to see this kind of sex. And he filmed it all. Maybe they'll come out with a movie after it's all said and done, right? Hunter Biden's exploits. Anyway, so but what he did was he put it on his laptop. They found it. They disclosed it. And everybody's going, yeah, but that's not his. Well, yeah, it is. That's him. Only he can look that freaking stupid. I'm telling you, folks, they rooked us as a, you know, this guy acting as a United States government representative? And you think Obama didn't know about any of this? Hey, come on. Don't be that naive. It's Obama right now still giving the orders. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it's clear Biden's a brain-dead puppet. No disrespect, but he is. He's got dementia, and I wouldn't doubt if the guy wears diapers every so often. It just happens because of the disease. And half the time, this half-wit, and even less than that, doesn't even know where he is or who he is. I always tell the joke, I, when they call out Mr. President, he looks for Obama. Listen, folks, you don't have to be a genius or a brain surgeon to figure out it's been Obama, and it's always been Obama. This, my friends is worse than anything the Clintons did. Well, they murdered people, so I guess actually, you know, well, I, I, you know, I kind of digress a little on that one, but still. Now, let's talk about guilty as charged. Let's bring the facts to the scene. Emma Jo Morris was the first on the scene. She had the real October surprise for the 2020 election. She had Hunter Biden's laptop. And while loaded with images of drug use and sexually explicit uh, material from the exploits of the cracked-out son, Hunter Biden, it was also a roadmap into the Biden family's illegal government access deals from which they were the beneficiaries of millions of dollars and bribes. The family had set up multiple shell corporations with the Obama, or yeah, okay, the Biden clan members to funnel the proceeds down through the channels. And what, part of these proceeds came from the Romanian government. And right now, the meat and potato stems from Hunter's time in the Ukraine, where Joe, then serving as vice president, literally forced the firing of a prosecutor looking into Burisma 
in exchange for foreign aid. They tried to pin that on Trump. Do you remember that? And Trump said, I never had no dealings of that nature whatsoever. They even released the phone call. And nowhere's in that conversation is there any sort of com- com- complicity on Trump's part in this firing of a prosecutor. It did happen. They fired the prosecutor because he was looking into Biden's dealings into Burisma. And then the deal was, we'll give you some foreign aid. So the release of the FD-1023 report, here's technicalities, from the FBI's confidential human source on Biden's Burisma deal, it's, I mean, there's got to be a better word than damning. This is arguably, to be honest with you, impeachable for Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And his family goes to prison. Oh, yeah, not weekends. Oh, Oh, no, no. This is big stuff. Just like I told you in the last show, he pled to misdemeanors when the law says he should have been convicted of the felonies. So, back to the show. So this shows that the company only hired Hunter to protect them. And that Mykola Zavskensky, co-founder of Burisma Holdings, he felt coerced into play, paying paying Joe and Hunter $5 million each. $5 million. My whole family could work lifetimes and never make $5 million legally. Anyways, there's a ledger. Yep, a ledger. This is the, look it. <laughs> you don't make copies of this stuff and have it just laying around. You know, when um, Capone, when they came down on him, they had to find the ledger guy. And back in them days, it was all in... Um, notebooks, and get him to turn on Capone. That's the only way that you'll ever see the real deal is when you can see the ledger. That tells you everything. So, the source reported this intelligence to the FBI about Biden's sort of deal, and the Ukrainians, well, they became the middleman. They became the ones that are suffering now, the war, because of Biden's complicity in illegal activities. All of this, folks, would have been disregarded as Russian information three years ago. Now, Mr. Morris delivered testimony before the House Select Committee on the weaponization of the federal government on July 20th with her opening remarks took a flamethrower to the FBI. I mean, scorched them also to the intelligence community and to social media. At the time, Morris was a New York Post editor-reporter. She revealed, this I'll tell you, this is some really tight stuff. She revealed how the New York Post was locked out of their social media accounts for days. Users couldn't share their links on the platform, and the intelligence community did not go through proper channels and released a letter claiming this laptop and its contents to be a disinformation operation before they even bothered 
to look at the thing. Well, I mean, other than, yep, there's a laptop. She says, I revealed verified authentic emails from the Biden skin's hard drive showing Ukrainian business partners receiving leaks from the, hang on, Obama White House. Remember, this started when this, this, this idiot was vice president. I documented, she continues, an off-the-books meeting between then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian energy executive and introduced the world to, quote, the big guy who got action on a deal with CEFC, which is China Energy Company. So Biden and his whole clan and the Clintons, you know, and Obama are all jumping all over Trump for every single one of these things. And the whole time, folks, see, this is where you learn, and I knew this actually, because you learn when they're pointing the finger forward, they got three fingers pointing back at them. That's kind of a, you know, odd way of seeing it, but it's true. This is all, all very relevant. And this development dropped weeks before Election Day on 2020. Folks, that's the story. That's only a fraction of why I say earlier what I said about what kind of world we're in. But it's true. You know, this is just our government's involvement, our president, his family, and, you know, Obama's. Of course, this falls in line with the Clintons. I mean, these guys, I don't think there's been a do-business-right Democrat since Kennedy. I kind of really feel that. Okay? Now, Kennedy, interestingly, actually got labeled several times over. He's... A, 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 he's a registered Democrat, but he's actually more like a Republican. That's what they said about him. And if you ever listen to some of Kennedy's speeches, I'll tell you, he, man, I'll tell you, he was one patriotic guy for a Democrat. But anyways, back to what I was saying, this is why and this is how, and this is where and this is when, this is who, Here's the answers. This information is readily available on the internet. You can go look at it for yourself. I did. I looked at video. I watch videos. I see transcripts. I even download some of them. And then I send them to my friend so he can look them over. I know he doesn't like to read because he told me so. But, you know, this isn't like reading Huck Finn and the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. So, take an exception, right, brother? And I know you do. God bless. I love you, man. So, into this boiling cauldron, we're going to move along. A revolutionary, elitist, add to that, globalist, and don't forget, criminal forces amazingly dares to stand billionaire, businessman, and, of course, television celebrity, Hello, everybody. Welcome, Donald J. Trump. Every time I even think of Trump's name, knowing this this cauldron of, you know, 
blah, 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 that we're in. <laughs> I become enraged and yet at the same time so deeply saddened because I, I really have sympathy for Donald Trump. I do. And I have it because he was, he's a man who only wanted to do what was best for our country. And they vilified him. Oh, man, they didn't even let him start out. And we know that story. So we have the deep state's grotesque, and I mean grotesque, mistreatment of President Trump. Let's call him president. And that happened from day, day one until now, as well as the incredible backstory of a totalitarian agenda Trump's persecutors are attempting to establish in America. And to them, Trump represents a mortal threat to their nefarious designs. Mortal. Morte. Dead. Knowing about all the talk about the deep state today It also could be termed better as the administrative state, all right? Because these days, the scope of government is so far removed from beyond Congress's ability to manage it that the deep state clouded your minds to it. They don't refer to it in any way, shape, or form as deep state or hidden government or any of that. No, it's administrative. Business is business, and this is business. These people are in the business of killing, raping, ravaging, destroying, creating chaos. That's right. And because of this new administrative state way of business, Congress had to. They had no choice. They relinquished all of its power to this administrative state and to its agencies. People, I feel equally sympathetic towards your plight if you're hearing this for the first time. Because up till now, you were in the dark. I just hope that listening to this show and learning the things you learn, that that is the motivation to seek out the Lord. So, this was kind of funny. (laughs) You know, John, or wait, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running on the Democratic ticket. There's something wrong with his voice, and I don't know why, and I keep forgetting to look it up. But anyways... He talks in a real raspy voice like he was just screaming and yelling and hollering a lot. But anyway, he is the son of the former presidential candidate, Robert Kennedy, who was the president's brother and served as uh, attorney general under John Kennedy and under, um, oh yeah, Lyndon Baines Johnson, Bainhouse Johnson, until he decided he couldn't any longer... I I think really, you know, being where he was and being and having been there when his brother was president 
as much as he wanted to remain and do what was right and do what was good, I think he saw a bigger picture and he went. And he he um he tried to accomplish that goal. And unfortunately, the deep state wasn't having it. You know, it's kind of interesting that Johnson saw both of them get killed. And I'll be honest with you folks, I'm not sure Johnson had a whole lot of sympathy towards that I towards that happening, but I digress on that. Let's move. So it's <laughs> this Trump responds to the unconventional running mate pick. And so when they asked him about it, he says he's a smart guy. Former <laughs> President Donald Trump has not yet named the running mate. It's too soon. We haven't even had no debates. There's been no primary. You know, it's not yet. You don't do it yet. But he does continue to entertain certain names. And one of them is a a lifelong Democrat. So on Thursday, Trump reacted to potentially teaming up with the long shot 2024 Democratic contender, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he sang his praises, saying he is a very smart guy. So (laughs) during a call-in section on Newsmax, the host, Robert Schmidt, um, asked if he thought Kennedy would impact the race if he ran on a third-party ticket. And this is what, you know, Trump said. He says, I don't know, but he's got great support in the party. He's got great support in the Democratic Party. And he went on to say he'd been, he'd seen some polling where Kennedy was getting 23%, and Trump says that's a lot. So, that's that. Wouldn't that be interesting? And oh, Lord God, please don't let him kill another one. Oh, my. Oh, man. That's all we need. That's all we need. So according to Breibart and Representative Jim Banks, Republican Indiana, he says it, it, it's beyond time that we impeach Biden and expunge Trump. He says... We saw more of this week, absolute proof and more evidence that the Bidens are guilty. He says the Bidens are the most corrupt family, again, ever to live in the White House. And that's saying a lot after the Clintons were there. I mean it. We, we, we really can't, you know, dawdle with this. McCarthy and McDonald. They need to move. And move quick. Move quick. So, do you know who Rachel Levine is? She's the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Resources. She's also not a woman. She dresses in a naval outfit. But she's not a woman. She wears dresses, you know, I think you know where I'm going. She says, now, you got to take this seriously because she's in positions to do something, and that's why she's there. That's the only reason she's there, except for a show, you know. Look, we do transgender people, we do this people and that people. Aren't we wonderful? Yeah, okay. So moving along, 
she says, claims children face wrong puberty. Essentially, what she's saying is children are born wrong. You know, in regards to male or female. Okay? And it's up to us to allow them to correct that and encourage it. <laughs> wait, wait a minute here. All right. So let's look at some scriptures. But now, thus says the Lord, he, listen, he who created you. Did you hear that? Oh, Jacob, he who formed you, oh, Israel, fear not, the Lord says, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That goes for all of us folks who are bona fide, born-again believers. But the point is, he's saying right here, he created Jacob. He formed Jacob and Israel. Genesis 1.27 says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Nowhere else in the entirety of Scripture does it ever mention that God created anything else in his own image. No. Uh-uh. See, this is key, folks. This is a big, like, you know, screaming off the page moment. Because we are the only ones. I don't care what Peter, Paul, and Mary says or any other preacher, whatever. We're the only ones. Psalm 139. There were actually... Pages worth of scripture I could have chose from. I chose these. Psalm 139, verse 1 through 24. To the choir master. So this was actually going to be a song. A psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my laying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. You see, he's watching every move we make, hearing everything we say. Every thought is not secret to him. Our comings and goings and everything and anything in between, he knows. So I guess, just like everything else, everything else, anything and everything, scripture or God, anything like that, they kill and destroy. And in this case, they're actually saying, God's made a mistake. And we, mankind, the one created by God, We'll fix the problem. Listen, folks, just to end this one real quick. I've seen the ending to this, and it doesn't end well for them. So, <laughs> pews and preachers, according to the dictionary, a sign, so a sign, you're not like a road sign, a sign, is an event whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence or occurrence of something else. 
so with that as a description, you might want to hear that one again. But the world we live in today is full of spiritual science. I mean tons of them. Events whose presence indicates the soon return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's what I talked about earlier. And I talk about so many times. To say that we live in exciting times, eh, <laughs> may not adequately describe the days in which we live. When it comes to the spiritual signs on display all around us, some of them are positive and some of them are negative. You know, so you got to take the good with the bad. So to cite the age-old question, and it's not which came first, the chicken or the egg, which do you want first? I'm asking you. Which do you want first? You want the good news or the bad news? I think most people would pick to receive the bad news first, thinking, let's get the troublesome news out of the way so we can enjoy the good news. And so I'm going to give it to you straight. Oh, good water. As we inch closer and closer to the amazing return of our Lord and Savior, and it's nothing short of amazing, the bad news is that false messengers are always have been and will continue to deceive those who are heaven-bound. And these false messengers, their lies, their deceitful tactics and words will increase. They'll become more prominent while the true word and the true believers will be pushed off to the side. And the, the, the scary thing is, is that these false teachers, they're going to get harsher and harsher and yet more convincing. And one of the things they're going to become harsh about or dead set against are born-again believers, bona fides. You see, everybody, the, the, the fruit of these false prophets spreading their false gospel is really, unfortunately, increasing heresy within the church. Remember Jesus said, and I quoted it in the beginning, this gospel, this good news, not the one they made up afterwards. You see, people who you might think never imagined leaving the church or falling prey to spiritual deceit will, in fact, do both. Eventually, folks, if not already in, in, in many ways, this wicked trend is going to further erode not only the size of the church, but it's going to deplete their membership roles. Um, not, yeah, I just said that size of the church. It's going to also decrease bona fide born-again preachers. And then, of course, what are we going to have? We're going to have persecution of true believers. Everybody understands. I told the story about in Nazi Germany when the train car, the cattle car, was parked behind this church and the people inside were screaming and yelling for somebody to give them water and food. People in the church closed all the windows and doors and sang louder. I hope we're not there. So a living sacrifice is what we're talking about when we talk about Jesus. Now, you may have read the names of Elkanah and Hannah. They're in 1 Samuel. And if you're like a lot of people, though, you may have raced on to all the other amazing things that take place in that book, and they do. 
you know, but and you didn't stop. You didn't stop to think about the huge role that these two unsung heroes of the Bible played in the spiritual fabric of Israel and then, of course, ours. Because as bona fide believers, we are connected to Israel. Remember the story of being grafted in? Now, interesting that you'd go so fast past this part. They're women. I mean, wouldn't you be interested in knowing since you don't hear a whole lot about them in this in this way, more than anything, Hannah, um, in the story, desperately wanted a son. But the Bible tells us that God closed her womb, and so she just failed to conceive. Now, in chapter one, we we read about the pain and the suffering that she endured due to her situation. You see, not only was she barren, but Elkanah's other wife, who's Hannah, mocked and tormented her because of her inability to have a child. So as she's crying out to God in the temple, the chief priest takes notice of her and he walks to her and says, <laughs> what he says is he accuses her of being drunk and a daughter of Satan. Now, Hannah was in a rough place. Her heart yearned desperately for a son. She prayed in the temple. She promised that if only God would grant her a boy, she would give him to the Lord all the days of his life, 1 Samuel. You know what? God heard that prayer. She prayed that on the steps of the temple. And God heard that prayer. When the time, and notice something. She didn't, she didn't pray this through a priest. She didn't make any kind of sacrifice or oblation to the Lord. None of that. She never said that a high priest, Eli, you know, can you, you know, stand with me on this prayer? None of that. God heard her. And when the time was right for both Hannah and Israel, God allowed Hannah to become pregnant. She gave birth to a boy that she named Samuel. My folks, this is about as good as it gets. Hannah had the son she always wanted, and Elkanah was excited that his wife, whom he loved so dearly, was happy. That's a beautiful story. So we are on the way for deception on a global scale. This is worldwide. And the reason is because the technology is already here. What they tell us about AI and technology and everything and all that it pertains to is so old. We're like light years beyond what they're letting us know in reality. But you got to ask the question, how long before it's used for ungodly purposes? That's a, that's a doggone good question. Because when have we taken technology too far? When is it that we've allowed technology to usurp God's authority? Oh, God forbid. So many times preachers and pastors and so forth, they do these uh, slideshows or they do PowerPoint presentations. You don't hear open your Bibles to page so-and-so or to chapter verse so-and-so. You don't hear that so much anymore. Oh, yeah, they'll have it up there on the screen. 
But most everybody's just sitting there being entertained. They're not opening their Bibles. You know what? A lot of people have stopped taking their Bibles. Why bother? The pastor does it all for them. Man, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I open my Bible to a scripture that the pastor says that's where we're going to look. And long after he's talking, I'm still in that book. You know, in this technology, one of the most fearful things is holograms. Now, holograms can mirror anyone's image and their voice. They could literally take an image of you and make you say things that you never said. But you would be charged. And so the hologram disappears, and guess who's really going to jail? You. They could put people in places that they never were. And then you add that technology, such as artificial intelligence. And this stuff, damn people, it's computers learning and reasoning. The possibilities of this nonsense goes to a completely unheard of level of, of, of a society. You know, in the scripture, it talks about an abomination of desolation. And I'm just going to say this part real quick because I've got to let you go. But you know what? We'll save this for the next show. How about that? That way I don't keep you too long. So I'm going to start off with the way for deception on a global scale for my next show. And for today, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm getting ready to go to church. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of you know, the need that we have and we see for people to be able to hear and know and learn and believe in the Word of God. May He always be with you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And goodbye. <laughs>